Caucus Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Searching for a motive. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Nicole Murray on this Thursday, February 15th. Glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. Police in Kansas City are probing a mass shooting that killed one person and injured 21 others at the Super Bowl parade. A leading Republican lawmaker is warning of a serious national security threat. Reports say it's about Russian nukes in space. A Houston company is trying to be the first private one to safely reach the moon. Intuitive Machines launched a robotic lander earlier today. And while inflation may be off its recent high, somebody forgot to tell car insurance. The official figures show that the cost of a, of a regular policy uh, has risen 20.3% year over year. Um, and the average premium is now around $2,500. And that, that's actually more than the average premium for home insurance. Rick Newman at Yahoo Finance on car insurance as the latest inflation scourge. A day to celebrate the Kansas City Chiefs turned into a nightmare. Gunfire broke out less than half an hour after fans concluded their Super Bowl parade yesterday. The rally was scheduled to end at Union Station with speeches by players and coaches. Officials said one person was killed, 21 others wounded, including children. Lisa Lopez Galvin, a mother of two and a DJ at local radio station KKFI, died in the shooting. Police Chief Stacy Graves. We do have three persons detained and under investigation for today's incident. Paul Contreras is one of two Chiefs fans credited with tackling one of the suspects and holding him until police arrived. I never think about it. It was just a reaction. I didn't hesitate. It was just, just do it. So I went to go tackle him, and another gentleman did the same thing. And as I'm tackling him, I see his weapon either fall out of his hand or out of his sleeve because he was wearing a long jacket. Last year, Kansas City matched a record with 182 homicides, most of which involved guns. To Washington now, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee is warning about an unspecified, quote, serious national security threat to the U.S. Republican Mike Turner of Ohio is requesting that President Biden declassify information to allow for open discussion about how to respond to it. Multiple re- multiple reports say the classified intelligence relates to a Russian military capability involving incomplete ambitions to develop a nuclear weapon in space that could be used to target satellites. House Speaker Mike Johnson. I saw Chairman Turner's statement on the issue, and I, I want to assure the American people there is no need for public alarm. We are going to work together to address this matter. Reuters says the U.S. has told allies in Europe about the new intel, but adds that the threats do not pose an urgent threat to the United States. Current and former officials said the nuclear weapon was not in orbit. The news came a day after Ukraine said that Russia had earlier this month launched for the first time an advanced hypersonic missile that is difficult to shoot down. Israeli media is reporting that Israel has withdrawn its delegation from ceasefire talks in Cairo, blaming Hamas's, quote, delusional demands and a lack of new proposals. The talks this week, aimed at pausing fighting in Gaza and freeing the more than 100 remaining hostages, were extended for three more days before 
Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu opted to recall his negotiating team. Also of note, the leaders of Canada, Australia and New Zealand earlier today called for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza, a reaction to reports about Israel's planned military operation in Rafah. Rafah is the last refuge for displaced Palestinians in southern Gaza. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. We need answers to the question, not only where do people go, but how do they get a sustained level of aid, food, medicine, water, shelter. Also breaking this morning, Israeli forces stormed the main hospital in southern Gaza earlier today. Hours after, Israeli fire killed a patient and wounded six others inside that complex. The Israeli army said it was a limited operation seeking the remains of hostages taken by Hamas. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com deals. Glad you're with us. Welcome into Thursday. As Donald Trump fights for a second term in the White House, he's not exactly shaking hands with moderate voters or building a broad coalition of supporters on the campaign trail. David Jackson, national political correspondent at USA Today, says instead the former president looks like he's trying to consolidate his already immense power within the Republican Party. David, what have you noticed? Uh, with several things, ever since Trump's victories in Iowa and New Hampshire, he's been working steadily to increase his power within the Republican National Committee, the apparatus of the party. And he's done this in several ways. He's pretty much pushed out the chair, Ronna McDaniel. He's He made clear that he wanted her to resign, and she is, supposedly has told him that she will resign after the South Carolina primary on February 24th. So just in case to make sure she keeps that promise, Trump has already, uh, has already uh, nominated her replacement. He's, he's, uh, he wants a guy named Michael Watley, who's the chair of the North Carolina State Republican Party, to take over the national apparatus. And he's also proposed his own daughter-in-law, uh, Laura Trump, to be a co-chair of the RNC. So basically he'll have his own eyes and ears in, within the party. And uh, we think the main goal here is because he wants to spend more of its money. Uh, the president's been pretty strapped by the campaign. He's got a lot of legal bills. And I think that he and his people have been anxiously eyeing the RNC's money, and they want to use it more for their presidential campaign than for other Republican campaigns. So that's the big thing is basically he's taking over the organization that runs the Republican Party. But he's also been active on Capitol Hill. He's been in constant contact with House Speaker Mike Johnson. He killed a immigration proposal that was working its way through Congress, a bipartisan deal that Trump didn't want because he thought it might help. President Biden yeah. in his own campaign. And he's also, it looks like he's working to, to kill the Ukraine aid. Uh, he just doesn't think the United States should be as committed in Ukraine as, as it is. And he's working to basically stop U.S. aid to that country as it fights against the invasion from Russia. Mm-hmm. And there's also evidence that he's been involved in, like, in the impeachment of, uh, of the Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas. I think Trump's been pushing that. There's not as much evidence about that, but we have seen his fingerprints on yeah. that deal for quite some time. So it's just basically a, ver- a variety of uh, a variety of power plays, both within the party and on Capitol Hill. We're speaking with David Jackson, national political correspondent at USA Today. His piece is called Shaping Ukraine Aid and Endorsing Lara Trump. 
Donald Trump flexes his power among Republicans. You, you open your piece by talking about how he's not exactly shaking hands with moderate <laughs> voters or building a broad coalition of supporters. Uh, is this a mistake? Uh, I don't know if it's a mistake. He says something different. I mean, in, in a normal situation, uh, a candidate who's basically run to the right and a Republican trying to get conservative votes because that's who determines Republican primaries. In a normal case, a presumptive nominee would try to reach out to moderates and work on his game with independent voters and moderates, some people who might not might not want to support him but could be persuaded to do so. But Trump isn't doing that. Of course, he's not a normal candidate. He's always been his own person, but he's kind of reinforcing his ties to the conservative wing of his party. All right, so not all Republicans on board here with this with this approach. Uh, who'd you talk to about that? Um, some Republic. Uh, we talked to some people who didn't want to be named. Uh, there's a lot of angst within the Republican ranks about this. They feel like the RNC has already been too Trumpified, and to make it and to push it even further to the right is going to endanger not only Trump but other Republican candidates. But the only one who's really wanted to talk about it is, of course, Nikki Haley, who's still running against Trump for the Republican nomination. She expressed quite a bit of concern. She basically called it his takeover of the Republican Party and that how it would be bad for it would be bad for Republicans across the country. I guess my counter to that would be Trump really took over the party back in 2016. He's just really. That uh, support has waxed and waned over the years, but now that he's in a position to be renominated, he's reasserting himself within the party and basically taking more control than he ever has. Yeah. Does this still ultimately, David, uh, come November, boil down to voter enthusiasm, or is it different now? I think well, you're probably right. It's uh, uh, voter, Trump is obviously banking on the fact that voter enthusiasm is going to drive this election, and it could well do it. And there's a lot of evidence that his voters are a lot more enthusiastic about him than Democrats yeah. are about uh, President Biden. So, yeah, he's banking on that. And, yeah, it'll, it'll certainly be a big factor, but it's, it's really, in my mind, it's all going to boil down to the same six or eight states. Thanks, David. David Jackson, national political correspondent at USA Today. 20 minutes after the hour on This Morning, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. One person is dead and more than 20 others were shot after gunshots were fired at the end of the Super Bowl victory parade yesterday. At least eight children are among those injured. Kansas City Mayor Quinton Lucas. This is a day that a lot of people look forward to, something they remember for a lifetime. And what they shouldn't have to remember is the threat of gun violence. Police say three people have been detained but did not reveal the suspect's identities. Number two. Israel has withdrawn from ceasefire talks in Cairo, blaming Hamas's delusional demands. The agreement would have also allowed additional humanitarian aid and the release of the 100 hostages in the enclave. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. We believe that there can be a deal, there should be a deal, and everyone should keep working hard to get that deal. I can't speak to the specific tactics of a meeting on any given day, but the direction of travel has got to be everybody doing everything they can, including the government of Israel. Meanwhile, the U.S. has launched investigations into multiple Israeli airstrikes in Gaza and allegations it deployed white phosphorus during attacks in Lebanon. Number three. Four students were shot yesterday outside an Atlanta high school. School administrators say the shooting occurred in the school parking lot shortly after classes were dismissed. Atlanta Mayor Andre Dickens. I'm shocked and heartbroken. And um, this is uh, the place where I spent four years of my life as a student and I climbed this hill every day going to class. All four students sustained non-life-threatening wounds. The shooting is under investigation. 
Wisconsin state officials announced yesterday its first ever tornadoes recorded in February since 1950 caused more than $2.4 million in damages. The twisters killed cattle and destroyed 30 homes on February 8th. The damage estimates do not include agricultural impacts. The first ever AI restaurant in Pasadena, California, is gearing up to open in the coming weeks. Robots at Cali Express will cook burgers, cheeseburgers, and fries in 120 seconds. Customers can place orders using kiosks with facial recognition to remember one's food and payment preferences. Yikes. All right. Getting older used to mean losing strength, maybe losing stamina in the office or bedroom. Hey guys, it's Gordon Deal. Excited to share that Nugenics Total Tea is helping me and guys everywhere crush the stigmas of age. For me, that afternoon energy drop? No longer. Nugenics Total Tea Testosterone Booster will help you re-energize your life. Try Nugenics Total Tea for free before you buy. Get your complimentary sample when you text 231231 and enter keyword Gordon. Nugenics Total Tea is backed by years of science to safely maximize your free and total testosterone levels. Get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text 231231 and enter the keyword Gordon. Text now and you'll also get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the most powerful fat incinerator ever. Text 231231 and enter keyword Gordon. Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. Number one, doctor recommended brand by primary care physicians based on independent survey. Glad you're with us. Everyone hates meetings, right? Too many of them. They drag on or they could have been completed in an email. But meetings are an important way people collaborate and push ideas forward. So how can companies make them better? Here's Ray Smith, workplace reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Ray, help us out. You know, they've been a perennial problem, how to get meetings right and be more efficient, Um, especially post-pandemic, when a lot of us are hybrid and it seems like more of our time is spent on meetings. And so it's a combination of ways to address this. The combination is either with a technology um, and another solution is, is something very old school, but done in a new way. Um, so I'll start with the technology first. For a hybrid video meeting, for instance, you know, I, I, I've been in the situation where I've been the person working remotely and I'm dialing into a meeting that's held in a conference room with a bunch of colleagues in that room. And it's kind of hard to tell which one of them is speaking sometimes. And plus, when you look at them, they look they look kind of small on the screen. So the technology that addresses that are these motion detecting cameras. And basically what those cameras do, they're set up in the conference room where a group of people are in person. And anytime any one of them speaks, the camera will automatically pan to that person. So the remote worker knows exactly who's speaking um, and can and they get a close-up view, like the full screen view of that person when they're talking. So it just erases that sort of barrier and that confusion sometimes that comes up. Um, I know that I've experienced that and, and and in fact, you know, a, a couple of weeks after I had reported this story, I actually had an interview for another story with a company that was using this technology where um, I was the remote person and they were all in the conference room. The camera panned to whoever was speaking. And I, I have to tell you, it made a world of difference. I bet. Yeah, I bet. We're speaking with Ray Smith, workplace reporter at the Wall Street Journal. His story is called Dreading Your Next Meetings, Pre-Gaming, and Other Ways to Make Them Better. Oh, I was immediately attracted to the thought of pre-gaming, but it, wasn't, uh, it didn't involve like alcohol and snacks like uh, on a charcuterie board like I thought of. Uh, what, what about pre-gaming? What does that mean here for meetings? 
Yeah, pre-gaming is is really cool. It's another way of using technology, but this time it's using um, Google Docs or any other kind of shareable um, or editable document. And basically what happens there is there's this this document that, that people can contribute to and add their thoughts to that's sent out like a week before the actual meeting. And so the goal of that is to get people to sort of already hash out some of the issues they want to or get their thoughts across or some of the ideas they want to contribute way before the actual meeting so that by the time the actual meeting takes place, a lot of that stuff has been discussed already in writing. Um, a lot of those thoughts have been put into the the, the, the document. And so when the, the time for the meeting comes, you know, decisions can be made faster. Fewer people, you know, need to be in that meeting because, you know, people have already discussed what they had to say in that document. So it's a way of sort of making the, med the actual meeting go faster because we've hashed out all that um, detail and um, in and insights in in a document, and and it also just you know what what one of the practitioners told me is that it allows a lot more voices to be heard because you know sometimes you know in a meeting you know an introvert may get clammed up and not want to raise their hand or, or speak or or someone hogs up all the space in the room by talking too much and giving you know, not giving other people a chance to speak so this also is a way to to have more voices contribute to the conversation before the actual meeting takes place Ray Smith workplace reporter at the Wall Street Journal for all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, they provide real-time product availability online and have sourcing specialists who can help you track down hard-to-find items. And their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Taking the day's information and helping you make sense of it all. We're here for you every morning. You're listening to America's First News this morning with Gordon Deal. Glad you could join us. Welcome into Thursday, February 15. Gordon Deal with Nicole Murray. Some of our top stories and headlines. One dead, 21 injured after gunfire broke out at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. A Republican lawmaker warns of a serious national security threat. Seeking the remains of hostages, Israeli forces stormed the main hospital in southern Gaza earlier today. The Wall Street Journal says Morgan Stanley is laying off several hundred workers. Dual court sessions today could finalize trial dates for Donald Trump in New York and Atlanta. Celtics beat the Nets last night by 50 and redefining love on Valentine's Day. That story in about 20 minutes. This portion of the program is brought to you by UMA. Copper lines are going away, driving up the price of home phone service. Start saving with UMA. That's O-O-M-A. Visit UMA.com to learn more. Well, it's always something. The overall rate of inflation is getting back to normal. Some prices are actually dropping. But American drivers have a new budget buster to deal with, and that's soaring car insurance costs. Here's Rick Newman, senior columnist at Yahoo Finance. Rick, explain. Yeah, consumers cannot get a break. I mean, just when it, you know you think uh, we're finally getting inflation under control, and we are getting overall inflation under control, but here comes another eye-popping bill in the mailbox, and, and now it's, uh, it's car insurance. So um, the official figures show that the cost of a, of a regular policy uh, has risen 20.3% year over year. Um, and the average premium is now around $2,500, 
And that, that's actually more than the average premium for home insurance. And, um, you know, this is one of those things. I mean, when people are budgeting a car, I mean, think about how you think about a car. If you have to buy one, you think about how much is the uh, monthly payment going to be or the lease, the lease payment. What am I going to pay in gas? And you kind of forget about insurance. But, man, that is a big addition to, uh, to, to driving costs these days. And I, I'm not sure this is going to get better anytime soon. Why a 20% hike? It's not one thing, um, you know, so a lot of people like to say, oh, it must be President Biden. What did he do? He must have done something. No, that's not what happened. But a few things have happened. I mean, part of this dates to the COVID pandemic. Um, so cars got more expensive during COVID pandemic. Uh, the average price of a new car is close to $50,000 right now. It, you know, a few years ago, it was $35,000. So more expensive um, new cars going out the, out the gate means they cost more to fix. Um, supply chain problems from COVID um, pushed up the cost of parts. So parts cost more. Uh, cars are cars are more complicated. They're more technologically advanced. So uh, you know, if if you dent a bumper, you don't just have to bang the metal out. You have to replace cameras and sensors that are that are in the bumper. And apparently, um, people also started driving faster during the COVID pandemic, and they are still driving faster. Um, so, uh, faster drivers means, um, car crashes are more damaging and more expensive to take care of. It's a bunch of different things. Man, we're speaking with Rick Newman, senior columnist at Yahoo Finance. His piece is called the latest inflation scourge car insurance. Uh, you call this, uh, an economic distortion. I mean, is there any, I don't know, any hope on the horizon here for a break? Uh, I, I think, um, I mean, so I think consumers have to be thrifty. I mean, the way consumers are thrifty. So, um, first of all, look up your insurance before you buy a car. Try to price it out. And, um, you know, there, insurance does vary by car. So, for example, um, here's something that a lot of electric vehicle purchasers found out after the fact. Uh, EV insurance uh, generally costs more than insurance for regular gas cars because EVs cost a lot more to fix if they get damaged in an accident. Um, you know, there's a really good case for buying, for the time being, buy uh, the cheapest car you can get. Um, they're, they're a little bit hard to find, but this, the, you know, the market is normalizing, and, uh, you, you know, it's getting easier to find deals on cars. And, and I think if you're thinking about buying a new car, but you can afford to wait, I think it makes sense to wait um, because – uh, we, we still have the remnants of some of these uh, COVID distortions, such as the semiconductor shortage. Uh, this is, it has just taken a long time for these complicated supply chains to get ironed out. So um, it is possible that, you know, we have, for example, seen the average price of a new car has started to come down a little bit. Yeah. It's still up around $48,000, $49,000. But um, the less people spend on cars, the less it will cost to fix those cars. So this is one of those areas you just have to be a thrifty consumer these days. Ouch. Uh, I mean, there was one point, right, not long, I think, after the pandemic began, or at least after the lockdowns began, that didn't didn't insurance rates come down or, like, we got some rebates just because we were driving fewer miles because we were all home. Right. Um, and well, those uh, days and are I gone. Think, well, they're gone for now. Um, and I think one of the things that happened is uh, – 
insurance companies, um, and, you know, they're very sophisticated at predicting what their overall costs are going to be. You know, they have these giant pools of drivers, and with, you know, they they have all these a- algorithms that can tell them pretty pretty exactly what their costs are going to be based on historical trends. But all the historical trends went haywire in 2020, 2021, and even 22. Um, so I think what happened is they did not correctly forecast their own cost. Thanks, Rick. Rick Newman, senior columnist at Yahoo Finance. Make this the year you kick a bad habit. Ever tried and failed? Yeah, me too. Here's a new strategy. Try Fume. It's not about giving up. It's about switching up. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. I have one. It's really cool. Fume is a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your nasty habit easy. Your Fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, helpful for de-stressing. Visit tryfume.com slash morning. That's F-U-M, Fume. Try the journey pack at tryfume.com. Dot com slash morning. Fume is giving listeners 10% off when they use my code morning to start the good habit. Tryfume.com slash morning. Plus, Fume's just released a magnetic stand for your fume, so there's no more losing it around the house. It's built with fidgeting in mind. You can spin your fume around on it. Tryfume.com slash morning. Today's mic drop is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Friday Eve. It is time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, we've got some Valentine's Day leftovers to talk about today. Let's start with the guy who's left with an empty wallet after he accidentally ordered a very pricey bottle of wine by mistake while living in Japan. The man posted about the mishap on Reddit in which he says he asked the waiter for wine advice for his Valentine's Day dinner, and he ordered what he understood to be a moderately priced bottle of wine for around $75. Later, well into the bottle and too late to send it back, he realized that the price was closer to $750. Despite the dent to his bank account, the man says he tried his best to take the wine mix up in stride, and the two had a good laugh about it. Commenters couldn't help but laugh at the mistake and applauded how the guy handled it, pointing out that at least they found out before they finished the bottle so they could savor the expensive treat. Oh, yeah, probably tasted much better after they found out how much <laughs> they, it cost. They probably drank it a lot slower, too, <laughs> is, is my guess. Took him a good oh, solid a couple man. hours to finish that bottle. I guess the problem was he was in Japan, and even though he lived in Japan, he yeah. still had trouble with the yen to pounds, I guess that he's British, to yeah. yens to pounds conversion okay. uh, was a little tough for him to handle in the moment in front of the, the menu. Or perhaps just the Japanese characters on the menu are confusing. Uh, that also yeah. could have that also could been something as well. All right, so, but just back up this one moment Mm -hmm. because of the phrase you used. Did you say a moderately priced bottle of wine yeah. was $75? I mean, that's what you I, call a moderately priced I mean, bottle I, of wine? I'm no wine expert. I sort of, I, that's what I thought was a moderately priced bottle of Man. wine. Let's put it that way. Why? What would you say? Moderately priced? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you're buying a bottle at a restaurant for 20 bucks. 
I, I'd go moderate, maybe in that forty-five range. Okay. I guess. Well, I mean, because I would val- call this an I, expensive yeah. bottle of yeah. wine. I say, I say, because it's Valentine's Day. Maybe you I sort guess. of look. You look a little more expensive on Valentine's and Day, and comparatively speaking, yeah, seventy-five looks moderate compared to the. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, guy, yeah, uh, yeah. Exactly. Well, <laughs> and here's a guy whose Valentine's Day was messed up before it even started. A man's brother uploaded ring video footage of the Romeo to social media, showing how his romantic gesture backfired. In the clip, the man can be seen coming out of his car with a bunch of roses in a big red balloon. He can then be seen fumbling to get into the door, only for him to tragically lose grip on the balloon. He can then be seen jumping to try to catch it, but it's too late as it's seen floating up towards the sky. He runs after it, but to no avail, and he shouts, no, 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 then laughs and hangs his head in disbelief. He could then be heard saying, no, it said, will you be my valentine? The Reddit post got a lot of comments from people who felt sorry for him or thought it was hilarious. Some said the video was a better gift than the balloon anyway, since who really needs a balloon and the video can last forever. Like that. I did yeah. feel bad. Did feel yeah. I wasn't sure if it was staged. I, I, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. The <laughs> yeah. jury's still out for me, I guess. I, I, I guess I mostly know. trust it. Yeah, you yeah. never you never know these yeah. days, but uh, yeah, it was, it was funny. I bet the people just said, who needs the balloon? Well, I Nobody mean, needs a balloon. Nobody really needs a balloon. I guess not. But yeah, that, that video could be priceless and last forever. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. If you still have landline phone service, you may have noticed that your monthly bills have been skyrocketing. That's because the FCC no longer regulates copper lines and phone companies are jacking up the price of their service. UMA is an internet home phone service that lets you keep enjoying the safety and peace of mind of a home phone without paying an arm and a leg. In fact, with a one-time purchase of the UMA Tello, you get internet home phone service for free. All you pay are applicable taxes and fees. Unlike mobile phones, UMA has address-based 911, so dispatchers will know exactly where to find you in an emergency. In the event you call 911, UMA can send a text alert to loved ones. UMA even includes a free mobile app so you can take your home number on the go. And don't worry, you can keep your home phone number for a one-time fee or get a new one for free. Setup is easy. It takes less than 10 minutes. Stop paying too much for home phone service. Visit UMA.com slash Gordon Deal today to get a special discount. That's O-O-M-A dot com slash Gordon Deal. Thanks for joining us. In order to stay safe on social media, it's important to know what types of posts or accounts could get you into legal trouble. Fox News came up with a list. Number one, as a general rule, stay away from posting photos to social media that you did not take yourself. If you post a picture from somewhere like Google or Getty and don't have the proper permission to do so, you could find yourself facing a copy infringement claim. Number two, what seems like a joke, such as logging into a friend's account and posting an embarrassing photo, could turn into legal trouble. Number three, oversharing. For example, information like your exact location or the dates you'll be away on vacation are better kept to yourself. Even something that seems like a simple post, like showing a ticket for a concert you're going to, can be dangerous. A lot of your personal info is on the ticket, as well as a barcode that a scammer could attempt to duplicate. And number four, before posting something, think to yourself, would I be okay with my boss or family seeing this? If the answer is no, keep that photo to yourself. Eight minutes in front of the hour on This Morning. Once again, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. The House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Turner says the U.S. has new intelligence on Russian military capabilities to put a nuclear weapon in space. Turner described the information as a serious national security threat, and President Biden should declassify all information to the public. Multiple senior members of Congress say this issue is serious, 
but does not pose an immediate threat to the U.S. House Speaker Mike Johnson. I will press the administration to take appropriate action, and everybody can uh, be comforted by that. Number two. Police have arrested a suspect accused of shooting and wounding three Washington, D.C. officers who were attempting to serve an arrest warrant yesterday morning. 46-year-old Julius James barricaded himself inside his home for nearly 13 hours after opening fire. D.C. Police Chief Pamela Smith. I think we have a, a group of individuals who do, do, do not respect law enforcement and authority. Our officers, again, were where they were supposed to be doing exactly what we need them to do, and we will continue to do that. James' warrant was for cruelty to animals. Number three. U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement could soon release between 4,000 to 6,000 migrants from detention centers as a cost-saving measure. The proposal would deport some migrants back to their home countries, while many others would be released into the U.S. Twelve accusers of Jeffrey Epstein have sued the FBI for failure to protect them. The suit alleges the agency negligently ignored tips of sexual abuse and trafficking allegations between 1996 to 2006. Epstein, the sex offender and billionaire whose trafficking charges made international headlines, died by suicide while in prison in 2019. Private U.S. company Intuitive Machines launched a rocket earlier today with hopes of a successful moon landing next week. SpaceX Falcon rocket blasted off in the middle of the night from NASA's Kennedy Space Center. And if all goes well, a touchdown would occur February 22nd. McDonald's CEO was promised to make menu prices more affordable. This comes after the fast food giant reported lower fourth quarter sales as jacked up costs have turned off core customers. McDonald's has also received severe severe backlash over the price hikes. Big Mac combos now cost $18 a side of hash browns, six. All right. Thank you, Nicole. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com deals. Thanks for joining us. A California man who died seven years ago still sends his widow a bouquet of flowers every Valentine's Day thanks to some intensive planning and some special helpers. USA Today says John Maver passed away in 2017, but every February 14th since then, his wife Diana has received a bouquet of red and white cheddar flowers on her doorstep with a card. The couple had three children, all now in their 40s and 50s, and somewhere in there, John started a tradition of bringing Diana a bouquet of red and white cheddar flowers each June for their anniversary. He did that for 47 years until he passed away in October 2017. Now, the tradition continues on Valentine's Day with the help of the couple's two daughters. According to Diana, John arranged for the same bouquet and card to be delivered every year, possibly for the rest of her life. That'll do it for this hour. For Nicole Murray and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.